Are you ready to talk about derriers? Are you ready to put aside any years that you don't know that the rumbling in your gut ends up on the outside of your butt? Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. It's time to pot it in your butt. One, two, one, two, three. Rock and roll. <laughs> That's my rock and roll voice. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Potted in Your Butt, the podcast that thinks Shane is lame and is here to shine some light where the sun don't shine, which is of course is your tight and or loose butthole. Um, my name is Christina. I'm Taylor. I just got really nervous for some reason. <laughs> oh, do you know what number it is? No. What is it? Is it 20 something? I don't know. And I thought maybe that's why you were nervous. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm cool ass fact. Is that true? Oh, I thought I was. Um, you can, you go. Happened last week. Let's both do it. Maybe we should do this every week now. Okay. All right. Okay, um, you, cool you go first. Okay. Mine is. The average person farts between 13 and 21 times a day, which I think we know. Duh. No, I'm sorry. Uh, but um, 99% of these farts don't smell. Really? Mm-hmm. Wait, so between 13 and, and what was the other number? 21. Wow. Don't those both seem very high? Does that include sleeping? I think so. Interesting. Um, my partner that sleeps with me, sexy times, uh, tells me I fart in my sleep all the time. <laughs> he brings it up like at family functions, and I'm like, uh, that's, um, first of all, how dare you? Second of all, hilarious. Yeah, I'm going to start counting my farts while I'm awake, oh. and then I'll know how many I fart while I sleep. Oh, record yourself. I'll do fart math. <laughs> But they can't all be out loud, right? They can't all be like, whoa. I don't know. I'm laughing at my fart noise. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was it doing again? That's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's like. Oh, your butt sounds big. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> um. My friend told me once when he was starting to date someone, he said, oh, he didn't want to fart in front of her. So he's like, you know, I spread my cheeks apart so she can't hear. I'm like, uh, backup, excuse me? And he told me that if you spread your butt cheeks apart while you're farting, you the fart won't make noise because there's, like, nothing for it to, like, reverberate against, basically. A hundred percent that makes sense. Yeah, but... I just, he said it like it was something everyone knew. And we were probably mid-20s. And I, I, I didn't know that was a cool date move. Yeah, I'm going to try that. I'll try that while I'm counting my farts and doing fart math. Yeah. <laughs> have a um, <laughs> um, okay, my coolest fact is not as much of a fact as yours, but I found out on uh, Reddit, which we reference sometimes, um, there is a fun subreddit called Am I the Butt Face, uh, where people can post questions and like explain a situation and ask mm-hmm. other Redditors to judge 
if they are or are not the butt face in that situation. Um, and then the votes are tallied up and there's like a judgment posted saying you are the butt face or you're not the butt face. <laughs> I really like that. I loved it. I read it for a long time. Um, most of the Did people, I felt like they were a butt face. Oh. That I feel like, yeah, I don't think there was a lot of non-butt faces posting there. So it's Have just my, maybe I'm judgmental. I don't know. <laughs> well, they're putting their stuff out there to be judged. It's what they want. Mm-hmm. True. Have true. you ever had a situation where you're like, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Like, ever had a situation you would put on there? Yeah, like nothing I can think of off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. totally. There's definitely been times I've been like, am I right about this? Um, mm-hmm. Like one of the people, for example, what the example mm-hmm. I wrote down was that um, she found out a family secret uh, doing mm-hmm. 23 and Me, oh, And okay. she has a genealogy blog and she was like, would I be a butt face if I posted about this, even though my family isn't interested in exposing the secret? What could it possibly be? It was like someone had a secret kid. Oh, that's a big one. That's uh Yeah, so I would say yes. You would be a butt face. Because <laughs> that's like, like not that... your business. Yeah, like, yeah, no. Yeah. In my mind, you, so like, you know, I don't think it was 23me, but you were sending me one that was like, oh, I knew if your piece smelled when you ate asparagus and stuff. I was like, yes. Like, I was like, is that the secret? Like, I didn't even think, oh, a secret kid. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of thing that is not, you're, you don't have a right to no. post that your, kind of stuff about people's your lives. Your blog, like, nah. <laughs> your genealogy blog. <laughs> okay. Like, the people need to know the truth. Like, nah, girl. Like, <laughs> yeah um and i think everyone agreed they were like no crazy don't do that okay i'm judgmental because in my mind i'm like i bet that person did it anyway i feel like people already have brain made up you know yeah i mean if you're asking then you have lost perspective so yeah your your genealogy blog has gone to your head you know, we're being dicks, but, like, we have a butt podcast with, like, 30 followers. <laughs> and we love every one of them. Every single one is a fucking treasure. And every single one of them is actually one of our secret kids. <laughs> That's why we can never do 23 and Me. Yeah, because we, will, we would have to talk about it on here. <laughs> y'all deserve the truth and you know we don't want to break apart families <laughs> oh man um do you want a booty were... buddy question oh yes I, I was gonna say if we were men we actually like that's so crazy that you could have kids and not know it yeah that would i mean wrap it up dudes but like that would be kind of uncomfortable (laughs) that's like wild to think about yeah we know when we have kids because they come out of us your vagina yeah 
yeah or valley um but yeah yeah and anyway yes i do want a booty buddies question that just blows my mind do you want to talk about the card you made let's do it at the end okay um all right booty buddy question very simple would you rather always have one boob out or one butt cheek out butt cheek 100 percent. why because boobies are personal boobies are personal <laughs> or sorry boobies? no boobies boobies are personal i mean butt cheeks don't have nipples you know <laughs> so but if one of your butt cheeks is out the chance that half your butthole's out is pretty good that's fine i would rather oh. i like there's like no scenario where i would not rather people see my butt than my nipples Nipple. I don't even like saying my nipples. I'm uncomfortable with the sentence my nipples. <laughs> my nipples is not a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Um, uh, what, okay, what if you could cover your nipple like with a hat? <laughs> no. <laughs> Always the butt. I would rather walk around with my vagina out. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So you'd rather walk you'd rather have full on pussy out <laughs> than dropping pee bombs all over Portland. <laughs> <laughs> I think in Portland you'd be fine. One time when I was like a teenager, I was hanging out, just walking down the street, and this guy was just sitting on the street and he had a hole in his pants and his whole dick was just out on the sidewalk. Like, he didn't know. Oh, he probably did. But, um... Because of the breeze. Because <laughs> of the breeze. And, like, I think it was summer, so the sidewalk would have been a bit hot. <laughs> just, like... <laughs> anyway. Um, but, so, I think you could do it in Portland if you wanted to have your pussy out. <laughs> I don't... I don't want either, but I'd rather do that than... Yeah, I'd rather P-bomb like I'm a fucking World War II bomber than... <laughs> than anything else I, can you explain to me why a booby is more personal than your vagina I don't know like I'm I'm uncomfortable with it like I don't know alright fair enough um so would you rather have just no pants on or underwear all exposed and have one boob out yes alright <laughs> Um, I'd rather have my butt cheek out than one boob, but if it was no pants, I'd rather have one boob out. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. So don't like, so don't try to look at Taylor's boobs, everybody. She, they're (laughs) private. Uh, I mean, just look at my vagina. Yeah. (laughs) Look at her exposed vagina like a gentleman. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh gosh um dude so yeah my story oh um i'm first i think because i went back last week um oh wow thanks but... for breaking that down <laughs> <laughs> um my story's kind of got like a serious tint to it uh okay just to 
warn you <laughs> i guess um mine definitely has a serious tone as well okay so get ready to be serious this week everyone <laughs> everybody take one boob out take a whole vagina out and get serious <laughs> take a whole doesn't have to be yours <laughs> no just whatever vagina wants to be out around you take her out Pick her out around town. Because this is serious. <laughs> this is serious. Put the away. Pee bombs. Okay. Um. So. Okay, that's not. This is. How I wanted to. I'm trying to do a tone change here. Okay. Um. Do you want Starting me to sing with... a song to change it? Yes, I do. I'll do a sad um, melody. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not what I expected. <laughs> no, it's sad. Listen. Boom, boom, boom. boom. <laughs> it might sound like I'm laughing, but I'm crying because of how sad it is. <laughs> yeah. And then, ah. You ready? I'm, so I'm going to talk about Harvey Milk. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Damn, this is sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Harvey Milk. Okay, so you know politics yeah, are, are a thing right now. And always. But especially right now, everyone is voting and doing their thing, talking about the politics. Um, and as we know, there was until very recently a openly gay candidate for president who was doing quite well. So, I mean, no matter what you think of him or no matter your politics, it's kind of an amazing um, step forward from where we were even... I don't know, 10 years ago, five years ago, <laughs> last year. So, <laughs> so one of the people who laid that groundwork, you know, was Harvey Milk. Um, so I'm going to talk about this week, Harvey Milk and his crusade to rid San Francisco of dog poop, which oh. was one of his things. Uh, so if you don't know who Harvey Milk is, he was the first openly gay politician in all of America. Um, he was elected as a city supervisor in San Francisco in 1977. Uh, so as you can imagine, 1977, homophobia was big. Um, which, of course, you know, led to hate, me- hate mail and all of that. But, uh, yeah, he did, he did win. Do you have any commentary? <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I think we all, like, he just put up with so much hate before it got to where it got to. And I'm just waiting for it to get sad. But maybe I should just be wait- focusing on the dog poop. Oh, yeah, just focus focus on this for a little while. Okay. 
so we'll do a side note about San Francisco. Um, San Francisco uh, was a Navy port. It might still be a Navy port. I I don't know, but it was I, a Navy. It, do you I think, think it's so? Still there? Like I think it's I could be wrong, but I'm like is it one of the big abandoned things? Anyway, I shouldn't. People are gonna yell at me. I shouldn't. Nope. Silence over. Here. Okay. Um, it either well, it for sure used to be a navy port. So when uh sailors would get kicked out for being gay because that was illegal until like in the two thousands. Um, mm-hmm. so um, a lot of times they wouldn't want to go home because they knew their families wouldn't accept them. Um, after getting kicked out for homosexuality. So they stayed in San Francisco, and that's what um, led to, like, the Castro District uh, of San Francisco and it being, like, a a safe haven for being openly gay. And then as more people across the country learned that, then other gay men moved there as well. Um, So it kind of became, like, the hub of safety and acceptance, even though there was still a lot of homophobia it was one of the only places where you could be an openly gay man, and the city at large was starting to accept that more as well. Um, so Harvey Milk was one of those men who moved there, and uh, he became an activist. And he ran a couple times as city supervisor, and then he won in 1977. Um, and he he had like institutional support, like the mayor supported him. Um, and uh yeah so he it was a big deal and he was really good at getting news coverage so i mean he Mm. wanted it to be national news he wanted kids in other states who are like on the farm to you know hear about Mm -hmm. him and that there's somewhere to go where you can be openly gay and be a politician or anything you want to be so that brings us to his first big political move which is championing a fine for people who don't pick up their dog poop on the streets. Mm. Um, So I read a wonderful political article by, I hope I don't butcher this, it's Serja Popovic. Uh, And it talks about how Harvey Milk made this his first, like, big political crusade. And he pointed out that... um, there's a good lesson in that, that when you're trying to make large gains, you know, like obviously Harvey Milk had big ambitions as far as creating a culture of acceptance, uh, doing away mm-hmm. with discrimination, but it's important to start with small steps in that yeah. direction. And so that's what Milk was doing here, um, you know, like by starting with something that would be bipartisan in um a quality of life issue that's just that's opening the door to people agreeing with him and once they agree with him on something then they their brains switch over to not be so suspicious you know to trust him more um that is so smart yeah and it shows people that he notices and cares about things uh by starting and it's starting with like a win so it's mm-hmm. breaking down those walls like, okay, I'm already on a win streak. Um, <laughs> so uh, talking about that issue is actually one of the things that helped get him elected. Um, and there was a citywide poll that said like random dog poop 
everywhere because I guess it was a big problem. A lot of people had dogs. People didn't like to pick up the dog poop. So it was what? voted the number one nuisance in Whoa. the city. Yeah. Like people really didn't like dog poop everywhere. Not like now. Uh, not like it. now where they yeah. Where you're fined if you pick it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Milk said one of his quotes is that whoever can solve the dog shit problem can be elected mayor of San Francisco, maybe even president of the United States. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he championed the scooper law and um he demonstrated the necessity of it by um holding a press conference in a park and secretly he scoped out the park beforehand for dog poop uh but he made it seem like it was like an impromptu thing so when the reporters Mm. gathered around he stepped on the dog poop he found earlier and he was like oh my god look even now (laughs) oh harvey you can't get away from the dog poop um so the ordinance passed with overwhelming support of course of the other supervisors and uh the law is still on the books today um that he originally created about picking up your dog poop um so reporter randy schiltz who is a reporter out of san francisco said uh some would claim harvey was a socialist or various other sorts of ideologues but in reality Harvey's political philosophy was never more complicated than the issue of dog shit. Government should help solve people's basic problems. <laughs> so, any thoughts? I like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm just... I'm in... I just... I'm just wondering... The, I'm like, what would be the issue like that for America? And you would think there'd be a lot of issues... That would be bipartisan that we're seeing for some reason aren't. Parks and Recreation uh, is pretty bipartisan, which is good. That is good. I just, I guess I was thinking of, you know, issues like global warming. Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't make any sense that that stuff isn't. Yeah. Education. And (laughs) And healthcare. Like, yeah, you would think that those would always be bipartisan. Just fascinating. They're not. Right. Um, Okay. So this is where we're going to divulge. No, divulge isn't the word. Something. We're going to move a little bit away from the dog poop thing. I I know that's what ties in with the butts, but I am going to give a little bit more of. The rest of the story on Harvey Milk. Um, so, additionally, to cl- had a butt. he did have a butt. He liked to go. swing it. Um, <laughs> he was very. He did. <laughs> okay. He, his butt? he did. He like swung it around. All right. Swung All right, it man. around City Hall. <laughs> yeah. He had an eight foot circumference butt. <laughs> Okay, um, so additionally, um, he also sponsored a civil rights bill that outlawed discrimination based on sexual orientation in San Francisco, and that also passed with overwhelming support. Um, 
So, and that was covered by the New York Times. Um, that got coverage all over. The mayor, Moscone, enthusiastically signed it with a light blue pen that Milk had given him for the occasion. <laughs> I like that. It's adorable. Um, okay, so this is the sad part you were talking about. Hey. Yeah. Harvey Milk was assassinated by fellow city supervisor Dan White only 10 months into his tenure. White was a more conservative member, um, and he had actually resigned his position not long before the assassination. And then when he changed his mind, the mayor said, no, you can't change your mind. Um, And White kind of blamed the mayor and he also blamed Harvey Milk. He thought Milk kind of had it out for him. Um, And he snuck into City Hall with a gun um, and he shot and killed actually both of them, the mayor and Harvey Milk. Um, He was arrested, but he himself was a former police officer and the police department was not getting on board with the rest of the city as far as being you know, liberal and welcoming. Um, So they were pretty much on Dan White's side. Uh, The jury also, you know, they were able to dismiss any minorities or gay people from the jury. Um, And so his defense put on something called the Twinkie defense. It's kind of famous where it's like he was like, I'm really depressed and eating junk food and all this sugar got to my head and I did something crazy. So he was sentenced to seven and a half years for double murder. Um, did he serve all that time? No, he served five yeah. years. Um, he did die afterwards, though. So Yippee! I don't care. I feel about that, everyone. Yippee. <laughs> yeah, no, he was a bad dude. He's a bad man. Um, so the verdict, of course, led to riots in San Francisco, um, which, I mean, yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, police cars were being burned. The city hall windows were being broken. And a reporter asked rioters, why are you doing this? And the rioter said, oh, just tell people we ate too many Twinkies. That's why this is happening, which... <laughs> Caddy. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Good job. Um, the the reality is though that Harvey Milk was very aware that he would yeah. likely be assassinated, that he was a target, and he said himself, "If a bullet should enter my brain, let that bullet destroy every closet door." Um, which I think is a cool thing to say. Um, yeah. So that's all a bummer, but. Milk's legacy did have a big impact on the gay rights movement. Um, he played a huge role in normalizing, you know, out and proud gay people to the general public. Um, and his legacy is so wide reaching that even in Paris, France, there's a city square known as the Harvey Milk Square dedicated to I didn't to him. know that. Yeah, like, I mean, he made an impact all over the world. Um, So I wanted to end on a quote from Harvey Milk, I think, that puts into perspective that he really did care about quality of life for everyone. So even though, like, the poop-scooping law may sound silly or not important, I think it does play into his philosophy. Mm -hmm. Um, So he said, let's make no mistake about this. The American dream starts with neighborhoods. 
If we wish to rebuild our cities, we must first rebuild our neighborhoods. And to do that, we must understand that quality of life is more important than the standard of living. Mm. He really wanted, like, he advocated, like, child care and free public transportation. Like, quality of life stuff was really important to him, so. Yeah. So, if you get fined in San Francisco today for not picking up your dog poop, it's because of Harvey Milk. And then you can't be mad about it because of that. You shouldn't be mad about it anyway because you should pick up your dog poop. You know people are, though. That's true. That's true. I didn't think about that. But really good job, Taylor. Sad story. But real. I never knew the dog poop thing. I feel like I know a good amount about Harvey Milk, but I did not know the dog poop thing at all. It just sounds smart and kind and it's a bummer how things went down yeah i mean hopefully that wasn't too much of a bummer but it's a good story so no it's a good story and people should know so also that's a really cool last name milk it is a cool last name um yeah good job taylor doing the hard hint and stuff I'm a journalist, so... Oh, oh you're a journalist. Speaking what of your journalism, yeah, uh, Wikipedia and that political article. Is that what it's called? That political article? <laughs> um, I, because I said the author's name earlier, um, and oh, I already closed my document. <laughs> I was it's like Sergio Pol- Popovic. Oh, you did say it. It was something, like, um, very fancy. Yeah. Um, really good job. I feel a little silly following it up, but at least I didn't do a hilarious one because that would make me feel real bad. But, no, I kind uh, of like anything will be good that's like, you know, kind of a palate cleanser. I don't. Yeah. All right. Well, so I am going to talk about Buddy Bolden, who uh, I think you named your dog after. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I don't have ever heard of this person. Um, so, Buddy Bolden was born in New Orleans in September uh, 6th of 1977, and he passed away November 4th, 1931. He was a cornet player, so horn player, in the early 20th century. He was popular in New Orleans, where he's from, and he is sometimes single-handedly credited with inventing jazz or blues. So, he was a big deal oh. in his short life. I should know who this is. Wow. Why? Do you love jazz and blues? No, that's true. <laughs> you, uh, but you've been to New Orleans, so maybe I do love New Orleans. The, yeah, you might know some of the places I talk about. Cool. Uh, Bolden's most favorite, oh, I'm sorry, Bolden's most famous work was the Buddy Bolden's Blues, but it was better known as Funky Butt. what's awesome yep the funky butt remains a jazz staple to this day the song made such an impact in new orleans that they nicknamed one of their music halls funky butt hall so it still has that nickname to this day Um, (laughs) the traditional name is union sons hall it was one of the most popular places to dance in Black Storyville. So what Black Storyville is, is in New Orleans, apparently there was an area called Storyville, and that was like the red light district, but it was still segregated between um, white and Holy black. Holy shit. 
even though it was a red light district. So literally I was like, cause I'm reading this article and it just says black Storyville. And I'm kind of like, what is that a town? So wow. I, you know, I Google what Storyville is. I was like, Oh, it's the red light district. Like they literally had two red light districts. I, I don't know. So anyway, I thought that New district. Orleans was less segregated, but I mean, that makes sense. Cause it's in the South. Well, from what I know about New Orleans, like, uh, they had a lot of like I don't know it's all from like historical fiction I read but like the book I read all about Haiti is I know they had a lot of uh like slaves go over to uh New Orleans and then they had a lot of Creole people and that's just like a mix of everything and yeah that's why I thought it was less segregated because I mean they're the black population was so high yeah I and I know that like uh it was common for uh, rich, rich white guys to have uh, basically black concubines. So I don't know. I thought it was too, but apparently not in um, not in the red light district. <laughs> not in the red light district. Yeah, if you want, you know, to go do gambling or get a whore, it's got to be segregated. Apparently, but yeah. So that was that. But why do you think that the um, why do you think it was nicknamed Funky Butt? Because uh, you shake your butt? See, that's what I thought, but it's a lot grosser. Um, funky <laughs> Butt referred to the foul-smelling or funky air at dance halls. <laughs> so have hilarious. you ever been dancing? No. But <laughs> I've been to where other people are dancing. So I've been like, uh, like I've gone 80s dancing and 90s dancing in Portland, and they're like, pretty like have you ever been to the crystal ballroom yes so it's pretty big like and um but there's so many people in there hundreds of people dancing and sweating it actually like i it smells bad in there it smells like a locker room and i've always yeah. really thought like oh okay we're just a whole bunch of stinky people i never thought like oh probably back in the day not really a lot of deodorant not a lot of people bathing like, you know, um, it probably smelled really, really bad. So that's why it was called Funky Butt Hall. And uh, <laughs> yeah, because it smelled like funk butt. Um, so Bolden played blues at the dance halls and therefore smelled many funky butts. Once the dancers <laughs> cleared out, so they would um, so they would dance all night on Saturdays. And then they would open all the windows and blow out all the funky butt air. And they would actually hold church in those halls. Really? Yeah. So they would hold church in funky butt hall. That's hilarious. I guess that makes sense. Like it's it's a good use. So you're, you're getting all the use out of the hall. Yeah. It never, well, gets, a cent, a, it never gets enough time to truly air it out though then. No, because you know if there's a whole bunch of people coming in for church, even though they're sitting, they're still gonna be sweaty and like New Orleans is, yeah. yeah. It's hot mm-hmm. and humid, yeah. It's a swamp. It's, it's just a funky butt town. Mm-hmm. So I wrote Bolden had to have a marvelous sense of humor to call one of his musical pieces funky butt. And just like all truly funny people, he had mental health struggles. That makes Buddy, sense. Yeah. Yeah. We're all so sad. <laughs> yeah. Buddy experienced great success, and at the pinnacle of his career, he was institutionalized. In 1907, at 30 years old, Buddy began to get arrested. Eventually, these arrests led to him being committed to the Louisiana Mental Asylum. So imagine what 
you know, a state asylum must have been like in the late 19th century or early 20th century um, mm-hmm. for a black person. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. So there's actually not really that much info. And then a few years ago, they said they found all these articles about kind of what happened to this, you know, jazz and blues lesson. Legend, sorry, Lesin. He's a lesbian. It's <laughs> <laughs> Jazz and Blues uh, Lesin. <laughs> um, he's not a lesbian. Sorry, it was a dude. <laughs> In March of 1906, Buddy began to experience headaches that would confine him to his bed. So there's basically two conflicting stories. One of them is he was in his bed with one of his headaches, and a family member hit him with a water pitcher in the head. And we all know um, brain injuries aren't great for your temperament. Uh, so, and then there's also wait, the wait, wait. Can I? Yeah. So he was already in bed with the headache. Yeah, and then and someone... then he got hit in the head. Yeah. In addition but... to already having a headache. Correct. But then there's the story of he was in bed with a headache and someone came in bringing him a pitcher of water and then he hit them in the head with a pitcher of water that would make more sense like why would you hit someone and i don't know okay so since towards the end of march so in the same year so it all these things are kind of happening really quickly for buddy um shortly after the head injury maybe or the head injury he gave someone holden was arrested with the charge of being insane and he was taken to the police pre- precinct. On March 28th of 1906, a story was published that stated Bolden abused alcohol. And that was suspected uh, was suspected cause of his mental health problems. So he's only 30. Um, it sounds like he's drinking so much that he's having some kind of, you know, mental health crisis. So that's, uh, that's a lot. It, or it could be self-medicating his mental health crisis. Oh, very good point. Yeah, so it could have been brought on. It could have been, you know... And then it's exasperated. Yeah. So it gets a little crazier. Bolden then began to attack women. And then he would report that he was drugged prior to attacking them. And he said that his parents were drugging him. So he he was paranoid? Yeah, and then uh, not taking any not aware of what he was doing or taking any responsibility for his actions. So there's a lot going on with this young man. Do you get uh, paranoid schizophrenia? Oh. I mean, it's not well, going to diagnose people like a million years later and without being a mental health professional, but I don't know. I just wonder. I wa- well, you know, that's something that usually comes on in puberty, so he's 30. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But that doesn't, you can also have massive, uh, like, hallucinogenic, I can never say that word, hallucinogenic, there it goes, um, with, uh, if you're just drinking a shit ton, like, a lot, like, you can, oh, like, okay. you can kind of pickle your brain, so that could have been it, too, or he could have had something else going on, drinking, yada, yada, um, so there are many different reports, and it seems that it's hard to separate fact from fiction about this guy. But what we do know for sure is Buddy was committed in 1907. So he had that really hard year in 1906, committed in 1907, which ended his career. Again, he was like 31, and he was on the pinnacle of his career, and then it ended because he was committed. It's presumed he remained remain in the asylum to his death in 1931. So he, they think he was in this asylum for 20-something years. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. So he didn't ever get better. Or he was just in there. Yeah, I mean, he couldn't really get better because that was, like, worse than jail. Exactly. And, like, you know, we don't know what the medications were like. Was he just a vegetable? Um, right. There's really no no way to know. And there's not a lot of recordings of his um, very short career, but it was supposed to be very um, important. Are there any, are there any recordings that exist? Yeah, you can you can go and listen to the funky butt. <laughs> awesome. Oh, maybe we should put it up. Um, yeah. So blues and alcoholism are a sad mess, but even within that big old mess, butts remain funny. So <laughs> everyone, take a moment and remember the wonderful Harvey Milk, and take a moment and look up "Funky Butt" by Buddy Bolden. Awesome. I like this is like the closest to a true crime episode we've ever done. This is kind of awesome. Oh, yeah. I I think there might be a My Favorite Murder about Harvey Milk. I think. There might be. I'm not sure. There's like 200 episodes. But anyway, if there is, listen to it. My Favorite Murder, best thing ever. Um, But yeah, Yeah. you're right. This is it. um, Yeah, we both. Crossover episode, true crime. Yeah crossover oh i would love that actually maybe we should try that um and my sources are anola.com so new orleans louisiana.com and a closer walk nola.com so new orleans uh next time i go i might try to see if they have any i definitely want to go to the funky butt um yeah we could do a live show in the funky butt hall oh my gosh that would be so fun i'd also like to look up like see if they have any like kind of buddy bolden exhibits or yeah it's kind of it's fascinating that this guy was so important but there's really not a clear picture of what happened to him you know so yeah but you know i feel like with a lot of um people who were important to history and culture if they were black um Mm. You know, I don't yeah. know. It, stuff gets lost. It's not saved in the same way. Totally. Yeah. It was not a black person. Like, or really yeah. any people of color, you know? Oh, yeah. 100%. You're right. Um, so, so, yeah. That was my story, which I don't think is happier than the Harvey Milk one. So. I loved it, though. I I love history and learning, so hell yeah. We rocked yeah. it this week. Yeah, like, I feel like it's important to talk about people that were marginalized, which both of our people we talked about were, and oppressed, and mm-hmm. uh, bringing light to it and being like, hey, maybe you haven't heard this person, but look at look at what they did. On our yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> when you put it that way. Um, awesome. Okay, I like this. I like this. Um, yeah. Do you have any big-ass accomplishments to talk about? I do. I, um, I've i been a little down in the dumps podcast family. Um, and I get the blues. like, but Not like Buddy Bolden. I haven't. I haven't done any of those things. I haven't attacked any women lately, but um, maybe maybe take that out. 
<laughs> but I, I wrote down that my big ass accomplishment is I worked five days last week and five days this week, um, which as I know, if you have depression, anybody that can be a, a challenge. So super. Yeah. Did Dude. It. Hell yes. Mm-hmm. You are rocking you? it so hard. I'm trying. Actually, I wanted to talk about mental health as well, because um, I've been using Twitter more for the podcast mm-hmm. we actually are consistently using our twitter now so that's job, also an Taylor. accomplishment but um so i've learned that it is a great way to connect with other podcasters and to find new podcasts mm-hmm. and so i have listened to basically a bunch of new podcasts through that and on a couple of them um one is called a grave for crows and it's uh these guys from the uk and it's very funny um another one i can't remember what's called and i'm so sorry but where they but like they just like casually mentioned their mental health as well and i was like that is super cool like people are mm-hmm. just talking about mental health and normalizing it and being like i'm funny and doing a podcast but also i have anxiety or depression mm-hmm. or whatever so, like, I want to talk about, I am a ball of anxiety all of the time. Um, mm-hmm. I have a therapist, and I think mm-hmm. therapy is very awesome, and I support everyone going to therapy. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to say, like, you know, like, don't be afraid to talk about your mental health. Um I could go on for probably hours talking about mine, but I won't because <laughs> that'd be boring. <laughs> but basically, I'm a mess. So, um, especially anxiety-wise, like I have terrible, I have terrible anxiety, which you know maybe doesn't come out if you're just listening to me like laugh about butts. But yeah. it's yeah, but you know that's that doesn't mean anything (laughs) really yeah I agree like I so my anxiety has always been kind of an overarching thing outside of my depression depression for me feels more manageable my anxiety I feel like how and then I look back and think oh my gosh how did I do all this with this anxiety um and Mm -hmm. just some stuff about me. I actually started to have to go to therapy when I was six because I uh, started getting these really terrible stomach aches because I was stressed about stuff going on in my life. And then I had to start missing school. And that's how it comes out when you're little and can't really express yourself or don't feel comfortable. I was just having terrible stomach aches with no actual medical stuff. So yeah, that was the start of like my, I know for me, I had a therapist ask me once, when do you, when did you start getting anxiety? And I literally can't remember a time in my life when I haven't had it. So like, yeah, I'm funny. I'm happy. But let people like life isn't black and white. Like, you know what I mean? Totally. Like, yeah. There's a lot of, you can have like wonderful highs and terrible lows and everything in between. And it just, especially with all social media people don't talk about their their lows and how how they get to their highs right we just see their highs absolutely talk about how we got there um on that podcast a grave for crows that's one thing he said was actually that the podcasting um 
helps his anxiety and I would agree with that like it's something you know find I think it's always good to find something that is a distraction gets you out of your head a little bit and um for for me you know doing this and just laughing and talking about history or science or whatever and also butts like hell yeah okay well um you can follow us on twitter at at podbutt our instagram is uh what accent should i do um okay i'm gonna get a german oh shit i can't do german um i can try how do they sound like so they sound harsh right yeah say nine that's nine nine (laughs) instagram slash Pat it in your butt. No, it, that's not even it. It's <laughs> no, that was good. That was, I I just watched Jojo Rabbit and that's pretty much it. So um but also that's the incorrect address. <laughs> it's at Pot it in your butt. Um I, I also wanted to say that I in the last two weeks have updated the Instagram several times. So that is a mission for me this year. Yes, you're kicking ass at Instagramming, gramming as yes. they say. Yes. And um, I have a picture ready to go for our next one coming up, our podcast. And then I'll have a picture to go for this one. So get ready for them pictures. Sexy. Oh, they're all sexy. Well, actually, the last one I did was sexy. Oh, is it the Miller's Light? Yeah. Yeah, that one, you could see like a quart of a nipple in it. (laughs) Awesome. Look at it it right close. Um. Okay. What's the next thing? Um. What? A, oh, you can email us at. Oh, I'll do. I'll try a country accent. Okay. Email okay. us at pot it in your butt at gmail dot com. Oh man, that's the only way I want you to talk from now on. Um, and then Facebook. Did we do that? Oh my gosh, I'm old. Uh, yeah, we do. We have a Facebook. It's uh <laughs> Facebook. Uh, dot com slash pot it in your butt and uh <laughs> that was me uh, that was Christina wasn't a cowboy uh <laughs> oh and then our Patreon oh that's the most important thing because if you support us on our Patreon we can we can keep doing this this here podcast god damn it uh <laughs> It's a patreon.com slash pot it in your butt. You got five bucks. Throw it on down. Taylor, <laughs> you're so talented. It makes me mad. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, that is really good. Why do you ever use a normal human voice? Um, <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> Let's see. And yeah, so. Oh, yeah. If you give us money. We can send Taylor all over the country doing that accent. Maybe, maybe <laughs> if the card the isn't enough incentive. <laughs> yeah, if uh, then if you just want to bring Taylor to parties doing that accent. Okay, I'm very bad at parties, but I'll pretend but, I'm not. For the... Yeah, if you have that accent, maybe you'll have like an alter ego. That's true. Like cowboy. Oh, that'd be crazy if I'm like really good at parties suddenly. <laughs> You're good at parties when you wear chaps. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um what 
well thank you everyone for listening um i hope you enjoyed our foray into true crime this week yeah and um we love you (laughs) we love you (laughs) bye (laughs) bye (laughs)